0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI Podcast episode, I talk with Stuart Leo about systematic leadership and building resilience in organizations. Stuart Leo, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: John, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, it is a pleasure to have you joining me. You're coming from the Gold Coast in Australia. I am south of Salt Lake City in Utah, and it's a pleasure to be with you. Today, we're going to be focusing on systematic leadership and building resilience in our organizations. And this is something you have a lot of expertise and experience in. So I'm excited to explore this with you. As we get started, I wanted to share Stuart's bio with everybody. Stuart Leo is the founder and CEO of Waymaker.io, an intelligent business management platform that helps leaders build a better business in 30 days. Stuart is a global thinker in strategy systems and leadership development. As a founder of Waymaker.io, he has led the creation of Waymaker's Leadership Curve, a revolutionary way of building clarity, alignment, and remarkable results for any organization. So I imagine we're going to hear more about that today, uh, as well as just systematic leadership and building resilience in organizations more generally. Uh, Stuart, anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your background or personal context before we dive on in?
1: Um, no, I, I come from one of the greatest parts of the world, um, a place just uh, south of Brisbane in Australia on, on the beach, and um, we would welcome any visitors. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful place to be.
0: It is a beautiful place. I, I was... Just saying in the pre-interview, I had the, the fortunate opportunity to spend some time uh, living in Brisbane, and it really is just a gorgeous place. Uh, uh, I, I would love to go back anytime. So maybe next time I, I head back, I'll look you up and we can okay. connect for lunch. Sounds great. Well, very good. So as we get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about Waymaker.io, Um what, what that's all about, what you're trying to accomplish there. And then we can get more into the systematic leadership and development and, and whatnot.
1: Sounds great. Well, Waymaker is an intelligent business platform. We built it to help leaders um, find, plan, and deliver the way to make their vision a reality. So we recognized that um, there was a, a gap in the marketplace for a systematic approach to strategic thinking, planning, and delivery. And the best analogy I could give is in in you know in the late late nineties and early two thousands we saw the emergence of systematic approach to sales and service and marketing, but still today most organisations don't have a systematic approach to their strategic thinking. They kind of go, oh, it's the start of a new year. My accountant asked me for a business plan, or I better put a business plan together, or um, you know it's very. Um, it's very haphazard and um, and actually good organizations have a systematic approach to strategic thinking and continuous improvement and what we saw was the opportunity to bring some really interesting um, tools and systems of thinking um, to small business startups and and larger business to actually embed a strategic continuous improvement cycle by adopting a systematic thinking approach, which is Waymaker's Leadership Curve. So
0: yeah, um, wonderful. And so we'll get into that here in just a minute. But let me just say um, strategic thinking, systems thinking, and strategic planning. Um, I love all of this, though I have to admit, most of the time when I've been in organizations as an employee, where strategic planning is happening, I find it incredibly aggravating, <laughs> very, <laughs> very frustrating. And so to your point, I think it's not done very well often. And so um it, it does become a bit haphazard. It becomes a little bit of like checking the box, like, okay, let's make sure we have our, our annual plan updated this year. Uh let's 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 put in place these these goals and these objectives that nobody's really paying attention to, but we're we're, we're jumping through hoops and we're, we're spending a lot of time wordsmithing things that don't actually get utilized. That's, that's been my experience in organizations where I've been an employee. And when I'm going into organizations as a consultant and trying to help them uh, figure things out, what you just said is exactly the the approach that needs to be taken. Like how do you take a, a systematic approach that's sustainable over time, that's self-renewing where uh, it's not seen as just this, this annual chore um, but it's it's you're constantly iterating you're constantly evolving that's that's what we need and so I'm thrilled to learn more about uh, how you're doing that with your platform yeah
1: and like you I've, I've lived through um, being an employee of organizations and going off on the strategic retreat and drinking lots of coffee or beer and putting thousands of post-it notes up on walls and then getting back to the office and everybody goes and does what they did anyway and, um, and I've been guilty of running my own business um, uh, in years gone by of kind of the same thing. And, and really the reason why is because we haven't learned a system. And if, if we equate this to another area of a business like, um, I don't know, like sales, if we let a sales team go off and sell however they liked to sell, you know, how effective do we think that environment would be? It, it's not going to work um, because we have no system, we have no approach, we have no benchmark or way of saying, how can we do today something better than what we did yesterday? And and so um, really our goal is to help leaders embed this culture and this process and our software helps automate that, simplify that. So you know, there's three big things, our bits of software, do, <clears throat> and I won't get into the detail, but one is it, it does in 15 minutes what a typical management consultant would do in four to six weeks and for thousands of dollars. It pulls in a whole bunch of data from your team members through through questions that they go through, and then it surfaces back real and objective insights on where are you on a leadership curve, on a growth maturity curve? What are the activities that you're strong in, weak in? And based on where you are on that curve, you um, what are the things that you should be investing in? What skills and what systems should you be building to actually lift the foundations of this business, whether that business be a team of two or three or a team of two or three hundred thousand. So it's really interesting to be in this space right now, because if if you've survived COVID, then you have resilience. And, and if you have resilience, then um, you have the opportunity to build something great. And we're seeing in different parts of the world, different types of organisations do really Interesting and amazing things because they're committed to continuous improvement. So, yeah, and,
0: uh, and this commitment to continuous improvement—you've said that a couple times now. I really love that. I, I think that's exactly where our focus needs to be as we move into the future of work because. The world is a messy, complex place, and it seems to only become more and more so. Uh, We have more and more uncertainty, not less, uh, over time. And so, the only way to respond to that in a sustainable, effective way is to continually be iterating and improving over time. So, that means iterative um, leadership development, but that also means for our people, reskilling and upskilling, all of those types of things that need uh, to occur on an ongoing basis if we're going to be. You know, up to the challenge of responding to uh, the uncertainty that we see in the global marketplace, um, and so maybe before we go into talking more about resilience in organizations through the system, uh, the systematic approach, um, tell us a little bit more about the leadership curve, uh, what that means uh, at Waymaker, how you go about um, doing that with your your uh, approach.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I'll, I'll keep this brief and and to the point. The, the leadership curve is is, is a is it really a sense-making framework that helps you build the system of strategic continuous improvement. So a sense-making framework is something that helps you make sense of the world around you. So in this context, it helps you make sense of the business around you and the marketplace around you. Um, and, and, and the leadership curve as a sense-making framework. And if, you're, if you want to see it or, or play with it, just jump onto our website, waymaker.io hit the learn tab and um, choose Waymaker Leadership Curve and, and you'll get a little guide. Um, imagine a curve, you know, on the bottom, um, on the left, on the bottom, you're, you're down in the bottom left and you want to move up to the top right. Classic leadership or maturity curve. That's that's the curve. Our view on it, and, and by the way, um, nothing new there. Um, as you go up that curve, uh, you're going to go through a series of different stages. Um uh, and, and and those stages being um, I've got to, I'm going to have an idea, I want to start a business, it might be an e-commerce business, I'm going to put some pro- products on Amazon or I'm going to, I've invented a product and I want to sell it. Um, you're going to move from ideation and discovery into a state of um, what we would call identity and market fit. So what role do we play in this market? Who are we? What do we stand for? Why are we different? What's our personality? And out of that journey of that stage, you'll find a, a fit with the market. Um, And from there, you'll move to another stage up the curve, um, which we call calibration, because at this point, as you're growing, you're actually building skills and systems and team members. You're adding people to your team. Every time you add somebody to your team, you decrease the average level of clarity on how this business runs. Um, Most people don't really realize that. You bring a new team member in and you've instantly lowered the average understanding of how the business runs which means you've got to invest in people and in processes so we talk about this investment up the curve in skills and systems from calibration where you're investing in skills teams and people you'll move up to maturity and we simply define maturity as the ability to invest and get consistent returns so that means the ability to hire and successfully hire the ability to train and successfully train, the ability to invest in the next advertising campaign and get a good consistent return. You know how the business is running. Um, And from there, from maturity into what we'd call market leadership or or mastery, which is you're really at number one or two in the game and you're at a point now where um, you've built strong defences to who you are, what you do, how you do it. Um, And really it's between maturity and market leadership that you should be exiting yourself or your, your, your um, initial founders out of the current business and into new initiatives. And so, so that, that's the first part of the framework. And there's lots we could talk about on that growth journey, but along that journey, you need to work out what skills and systems should I be investing in at what time on the curve? And prior to building Waymaker and, and doing this, we we were running a consulting company and we used to have lots of clients come to us and and they would say, oh, we, we want to build sales automation or we want to inject AI into our um, e-commerce engine or all these really sophisticated things. And that's not wrong to want those things. And, and the more we'd talk with the client, we'd listen, we'd understand, and we'd realise that actually they'd be right down on the bottom of the curve. They wouldn't have... Clarity of customer journey, they wouldn't have clarity of metrics along that journey, and really, what what they were doing, they were acting like a three year old asking to drive a Ferrari, and and what are you going to do if you put a three year old behind the wheel of a Ferrari? Um, you're going to cause chaos, and uh, and and so we realised that although sometimes organisations want things like toddlers, um, they shouldn't always get them. You've got to build the maturity, and and what 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 people didn't have was a visual pathway to see that maturity and secondly what they didn't have by the way so we went and built that that's called waymakers leadership curve and the second thing they didn't have was the ability to make decisions to invest in the most valuable actions and that's where our story took a really interesting turn because where we learned about this decision making methodology was actually out of the british military and um the British military developed this um, process where their leaders um, could make decisions, highly effective decisions, um, very simply. And the reason they did that was because as the the British military were coming out of a world which um, was very traditional, um, out of the 20th century and into the 21st century, They had a very traditional enemy, Eastern Europe, Cold War environment. We all know that from James Bond movies and spy movies and and all that wonderful stuff. Um, And they were moving into a hot war environment. The the enemy was changing. The, The foe was changing. And no longer was it a Cold War, Eastern Europe world, but it was a hot war, Middle Eastern world. But the enemy was very different. The enemy wasn't necessarily always a state. It was an ideology. It wasn't an army. It was often tribes or groups of people. It was... Um, it wasn't structured. It wasn't hierarchical. It didn't have uniforms. It didn't abide by the Geneva Convention. It was, it was truly a very agile, disruptive world, and their strategic decision-making processes couldn't handle it.
0: I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, Bluer Than Indigo Leadership. and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations.
1: What was taking weeks and months to develop battle plans in the field and high-value courses of action needed to take minutes and hours. And so a new system needed to be developed on top of old thinking. And what they created was seven questions. And these seven questions were contextual. And they taught their leaders that if you asked and answered these seven questions in the theatre of war, then you could develop the highest value course of action to achieve your mission objective. And seven questions is really simple compared to pages and pages of complex battle notes and planning and blah, blah, blah. And seven questions can be asked and answered in 30 minutes or it can be asked and answered over three days it's flexible. And, and so we saw that, and that was transformational to the British military Um, that was embedded and systemized into their organization in the early 2000s. And I remember reading about it in sort of 2009, 10, 11, 12, at a time when I was coming out of corporate life going, my goodness, I can't believe, um, you know, all that pain we talked about at the start of this podcast. um, I can't believe that we can't have a more effective decision-making process. And so, I thought, wouldn't it be cool if you could take that idea of highly effective decision making and simplify it even further for a startup or a small business or an organization so that you could just consistently ask and answer seven questions, develop the highest value course of action, do it and come back again and do it again. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be simple? Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be enjoyable? Wouldn't that be a way to make a better future? And so um, clearly, we don't use the British military's seven questions because they're designed to blow something up. Um, we want to build something up, and and so we set about going. All right, how do we think like the greatest special forces? Um, how do we apply that thinking in the field of battle? And really, that those seven questions. And that, first of all, we tried to make it five questions. Then we thought six questions. And then eight questions. We just wanted to avoid seven questions because we didn't. we didn't want to be like the British military. In the end it was seven questions because it just made sense um and and hence why we tell this story um and we built up seven new questions that if you asked and answered every quarter and did question seven and then focused every week or fortnight on removing the risks and roadblocks to those goals and then came back again and did that again then you could do something special and so we built some software to support that process because just like the british military when you hunkered down behind a couple of humvees in the desert And you're you're mapping out a battle plan you've got some tools in your hands to um, increase the velocity and the accuracy of your decision making so we thought wouldn't it be cool if we could do that so so waymaker's leadership curve at its brutal simplicity is a curve from bottom left to top right with a bunch of skills on the left and a bunch of systems on the right but The way you get up the curve and break through the stages of growth from ideation to market fit to calibration to maturity and market leadership is by consistently asking and answering seven questions. That's a systematic approach to strategic leadership. And and so when you use the software, we automate that process. We rapidly iterate through the data and we give you a strategy cloud, a way to kind of throw away PowerPoints and one-page plans and Excel spreadsheets and ditch 16,000 Trello boards and and go, this is the one place where your business knows where they're going, how they're going to get there, who's doing what, how far they're into it, and because we've got some cool smarts in the tech, the probability of reaching it. And, and that gives you a position to be a strategic leader on a $100,000 business or a $100 billion business that, the world has not seen before and that's what we get excited about so i got on a rant right there didn't i So
0: that uh, is so cool i could i could listen to you uh explain this for a really long time as well so i appreciate all of that background and explanation um and it's wonderful so having a level of simplicity um elegance and simplicity around a really smart solution is is something to get excited about and having the tech piece to go along with it is is even more exciting Um, and and something that I I applaud you for. Um, As I look at the time, I'm thinking maybe we can spend the rest of our time today focusing on the resilience piece. Now, what you've been describing in having this iterative process to continual renewal of of strategic planning and a systematic approach, I mean, in my mind, I'm automatically making connections to resilience um, Mm. within organizations. But let's be... Uh, pretty explicit here for listeners what are some of the ways that you feel uh, that your solution and your approach not only helps with the strategic planning process generally but also in terms of the resilience piece that we're talking Mm. about amidst all the uncertainty the chaos the messiness that we Mm. we just find ourselves in especially during this COVID time
1: yeah that, that is such a great question let me say from the outset, um, if you've survived business in the last couple of years, you have resilience, um, and resilience is a muscle that you can build. Um, and so I want to talk about what resilience is, what it isn't, and a, a slight difference on the on that definition so we can really nail it. Most people think resilience is the ability to withstand shock. So something big happens, a pandemic, a war, um, a death, a a server goes down, um, you know, something big happens and there's a big shock. Um, resilience is the capacity to receive that shock and rebound from it. <clears throat> I want to, and that's not wrong, it's just not completely right. Um, I want to propose a slightly different definition of resilience that if you apply will actually really help you on building resilience and and actually building the muscle and strength and and long-term resilience. So here's the definition I propose, that resilience is the ability to undergo significant change, and this is the important bit, with no loss to identity. So resilience is the ability to undergo significant change with no loss to identity. So the key to surviving resilience is actually found in knowing who you are. So as organisations, when shocks hit us, we've got multitude of choices, but typically there's two. We can become somebody else or we can retain the integrity of our identity and execute in different ways. So that's really important. Um, Organisations that become somebody else run an enormous risk of, of critical failure. Because they give up on their core purpose, their core principles and values, their positioning in market, the perceptions that the marketplace holds about them, and they suddenly start acting and doing in things in different ways. And people go, hang on a minute, I thought you were this, I thought you were that. And trust is instantly broken. But organisations that go, okay, we know who we are, we know how we act, we know what we stand for, but maybe we're going to execute in different ways maybe we need a new product or maybe we need a new line, or maybe we need to to produce something differently, but we're not going to change the core of who we are. They're the ones that actually survive and thrive as shocks hit them. Does that make sense? And That's the key. Um, Resilience is not just the ability to undergo shocks, but resilience is the ability to undergo significant change with no loss to identity.
0: I I love it. And staying true. As a leader, my ability to stay true to myself, uh, my authentic self, and and allowing my team to do the same, and then as an organization, staying aligned with our initial uh, mission, our our purpose, our core values, and not straying from those, uh, Mm -hmm. that's really essential. And that's one of the things you see organizations constantly floundering around, Mm -hmm. especially in times of shock and disruption, um, trying to figure out what their identity is. Uh, And Mm. so you're suggesting if if we're questioning our very identity, then we're not being particularly resilient, even if we're responding to the the shocks that we endure.
1: Correct. And, and look, a shock will surface um, existing flaws of character and identity inside an organization. And you, you can either accept that some of those shocks will create, will surface critical failures um, and okay, maybe it's time for that organisation to end and a new new underbirth, that's okay, that happens. Or um, it's actually a case of going, oh, we as an organisation haven't been building the core principles and values and practices of who we are in the good times so that when the hard times hit, we can fall back onto those things and we can use the depth and the value of those things to innovate and ideate new products and services and pricing and strategies that can take us through the hard times. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, perfect. And and, and so <clears throat> when we designed the seven questions, um, we designed the question, seven questions that although they're somewhat simple, um, they're seven questions, um, when you actually look at them, To get through market fit, to get through that second stage, you have to have clarity of purpose in order to build vision, i.e. what problem do we solve in the marketplace? You have to have clarity of perceptions. What does the customer think about us and want about this type of product in the marketplace? Um, You have to, in order to build and understand your ideal customer, you have to have clarity of positioning, strategic positioning, to understand where you can fit and function, and create competitive advantage in the marketplace. There's your strategy. You have to have clarity of um, practices and value proposition in order to build the business model. And you have to have clarity of personality. How do we look, feel, function, and act in order to execute the customer experience through sales, marketing, and service? And you have to have clarity of principles and values in order to build the employee experience and the culture. And so when we ask the seven questions or when you ask the seven questions on your business, each of the seven questions start with, what is our vision? What, question one, and and, and it goes, what is our vision? Is it driven by our purpose and what's holding us back from reaching? That's question one. I'll just do the first bits of each question to to emphasise this point. So the first bits are, what is our vision, dot, dot, dot? Um, What is our market, dot, dot, dot? What is our strategy, dot, dot, dot? What is our business model? What is our um, customer experience, What is our employee experience? And each of those link back to those core elements of identity, purpose, perceptions, positioning, practices and value proposition, personality and principles. And if when you know those and you build the improvements on those, you're actually building an organisation that expands off the core identity. And uh, and when you do that, you're constantly reinforcing. We know why why we exist. We know where we're going we know why we're different, we know what the market wants, we know the value we bring, we know the personality we hold, we know the principles we stand for, now how do we go out and improve it? And so each time you're asking those seven questions, it's like you're looking yourself in the mirror and giving yourself a motivational talk um, as well as going, right, now how do I make myself better? Um, and, and the software helps you do that. So the, the task of strategic compounding, strategic continuous improvement is actually about compacting down the sense of identity. I know who I am. I know what I stand for. I know where I'm going, yeah. but holding lightly how we execute. Does that yeah. make sense?
0: It does. Stuart, this is super fascinating. I'm excited to go check it out myself and I encourage listeners to do the same. Um, I know at the time I need to let you go here in just a moment, but before we close the conversation for today, and you're welcome back anytime we can continue the conversation. But before we close today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your organization, your team, and then give us the final word on the topic for today.
1: Great. Um, Look, you can connect um, with myself and my team um, on LinkedIn is the best place. Follow Waymaker on LinkedIn, connect with me or any of my team. But if you want to actually give Waymaker a go, we offer a 30 day free trial for everybody. So jump onto waymaker.io. pick a free trial, um, run the diagnostic on your own business, maybe invite a couple of team members. Um, it'll cost you nothing, but I promise you, if you ask and answer those questions and you look at the diagnostic and you just take 15 minutes with your team to say, oh, what does that mean for us? You will find some immeasurable value to actually build resilience and make your vision a reality. And that's that's really our goal. We want to help leaders build a way to make their vision a reality Uh, and do something special in the world that's why we exist
0: perfect wonderful Stuart it has been a real pleasure I encourage listeners to reach out get connected check out the website check out Stuart and his team figure out what they can do to help you because uh, this is tremendous and we've only just scratched the surface as always I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day and I hope you all have a great week